What's up? Katlao Charlie here, and this is a theater maker in Mzanzi. This is my podcast where I'm going to be sitting down with all the coolest theater makers in the game today. I want to talk to them about their process, their politics, and their audiences, amongst a bunch of other things. I also want to talk to you about this thing that we call art that we love so much. Anyway, without uh, much uh, further ado, let's do this. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an episode of A Theatre Maker in Mzansi. Charlie gets interviewed by Charlie. Say hello to the people, Charlie. Hi, guys. Hi. Who are you? Who are you? Whom are you? Mm, 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 Tell them. Oh Tell them. God. Who are you? Okay, guys. My name is Masoho. I'm Katloho's younger sister. And yeah, today is my show, you know? Today I run things. I ask the questions, you know? I do the mm, 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 mm. <laughs> That's going to be me today. First of all, let me just say, nah, I don't I do not do theater. I don't practice theater. I don't make theater. I just enjoy theater. That's good. So the the myth of people not enjoying theater, Mark. it's a lie, right? Yeah. She, she watches a lot of theater. They haven't been exposed to the right type of theater. Ooh, the right type of theater. You want to know about theater, you know? Welcome, welcome, Momo. Yeah, ah, right Mohao says, Maseho! Away! Welcome, Sia. Welcome, Momo. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Theater Maker Namzanzi. We're live. Episode. What episode is it? I think 14 (laughs) of season one. Guys, I'm sorry. Lockdown has the counting and the numbers, you know, all messed up. But yeah, we're doing the finale. And today is Masejo's episode. She's going to be interviewing me. So yeah, without any further ado, let's do this. Welcome, Sia. We see that you're here. You can see we're outside, guys. So if you hear cars passing by, it's okay. We're still indoors, just so you know. We're still inside the yard, so don't send the soldiers, please, please, please. Please do though. Like I didn't see anything. I right. could, you know, I could use some action. No, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Alright, so Marcel, kick us off. You know, it's okay. your show. Okay. So my first question is, what made you start this podcast? Wow. Um. What made me start Let's this Let's start with the podcast. obvious questions. Okay. I mean, um, yes, and, and do feel free to ask questions, guys, yes, obviously, guys, through Masejo, yes, not through me. Um, I will decide if it's, if it's worthy. Otherwise, um, take a seat. So I, I started this podcast um, because I felt like there was a big part of our story, uh, which is to say... Who's our? Yes, thank you for that. Um, so this current generation of theater makers, particularly those who are making theater independently, mm-hmm. um, so you know they've been there's been like a, a resurgence of a different type of consciousness um, in a moment when you know government and uh, corporate sponsors aren't putting so much investment into the theater space. I've mm-hmm. seen people who, despite all of that, have been flourishing. And I often, I used to get questions from people all the time about like, yo, I'm a young dude, I'm in high school and I want to know how to get into, you know, the acting business or the Mm. entertainment game. And, you know, I just want to know how I can go about it, right? So, you know, you can tell people, yeah, go to a school or go do this or go do that. But you don't really know if they're going to have their desires taken care of. Mm. So I thought, you know, I also have questions for people who I would often, you know, speak to people like Jeff, like Billy, like Kucho, like Momo and ask them, you know, in in your journey. Actually, I think all the people that I've interviewed are here. X is here. Jefferson is here. uh, Kucho is here. And Billy is here. Oh, man, reunion. So I was like, you know, I want want to ask these people some things that have 
have been on my heart for a while and I, i'm sure that other people have these questions too so mm. why not create a space where people can interact uh with them through me and i thought you know a podcast would be great because um recently we started playing around with the ig live and going um live so giving a screen experience mm. and that's been great too but the limitations when we're not in lockdown are real you know because people's schedules are all over the place so creating uh, an audio format long form audio format that people can just come back to whenever they want i found that to be very very compelling mm. so i thought why not make a podcast you know why not start something that people can um go to and engage with and learn about today you know what is happening on the ground in terms of the theater today so that's why i felt like it was important to uh create a space for these voices yeah and do you feel like you've delivered with that like have you said have you done what you set out to do um so in terms of reaching these people sure so so i i would think so um at that very basic level of creating a space where people can engage with these different theater makers i think yes um this space does exist and people are actually engaging with it you know i constantly get messages from people saying oh man that episode with billy or oh man that episode with cooch or that episode with x that episode with jeff you know i found something in there that really spoke to me in a certain kind of way and for me that's what it was about you know having a resource so that people could especially you know people who are still who consider themselves students of the game whether in informal or formal training mm. you know i've had many people coming and saying and even people that are beyond that so that's been the 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 most surprising thing that people that are way ahead of me in their own journeys are also coming up and being like hey uh, this is dope this is this is cool so keep on doing this so i think yeah to to an extent this has been this has been worth it yeah I've realized that you've been doing a lot of work online, mm-hmm. including the online festival. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to, you know, ask you some questions about that. How did that come about? The the online theater festival. Yeah. Okay. So like walk us through the process and, you know, the people that sure. are working on it behind the scenes sure. and the people that have, you know, taken it on board and challenged themselves to produce some kind of work. Sure. Because now it's a it's a poetry one, right? Yeah, yeah. So we have a poetry festival coming up tomorrow and Sunday. We're busy compiling all of that now. People are sending in their their videos. This all this is the brainchild of Mkolisi Masilela. I don't think it's a it's a mystery to anyone. So just around the moment when hey Olorato, welcome, 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 Omolemo, welcome everybody to a theater making Mzansi. Katlao Charlie being interviewed by Maseko Charlie. If you have any questions for us today, please do drop them down there in the comments um so around the moment when the lockdown is announced by the president i i won't lie up to that point i was fine you know when they said social distancing i was okay because i like my space right (laughs) (laughs) um so that i was fine with that because you know there's still a level of freedom there's Mm. still i can still move around i can still do what i need to do even though in a limited capacity Mm. when they said lockdown i don't know like something shifted in here it felt like um i kept on thinking about the Sharpville massacre moment Whoa. when because uh, the reason for that was with uh, the dom passes right mm. and Bo Robert Sobukwe did the whole march because mm. they didn't want to keep carrying those passes and it was about the uh, restriction of movement and the, the limitation of people's uh, liberties mm. so I felt like I was in a space where yes I understand why these restrictions are being imposed but I still can't get rid of this feeling of 
feeling like you know um something is being taken away. something is being taken away from me and my 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 own liberties are being limited mm. um so in that space i was very i felt very alienated and i didn't know where i could put the entire experience within my own my own body mm. and i kept having pe- uh, conversations with people around this because i hadn't felt that kind of anxiety from any other kind of experience and then when i saw um post Nkolisi, uh, made a post that said uh online theater makers gathering right so this was just a whatsapp group link you know he mm. was inviting theater makers to just enter into this group so that we could start you is know is x still in here if he's watching x. can he please tell us what what gave him the idea yeah x let the people know what gave you the idea for for starting that group if you're still in the room um otherwise i can just talk to you later but i hope that you're still here and watching um what what made you write that post because when i saw it it was like okay, maybe this might be a way for me to start dealing with the the anxiety that I've been feeling on the inside. And then we get into the group and each day, you know, X had decided that we're going to have a discussion Mm. around a certain topic, right? And it was around that time that I was having the the podcast with Jeff and we were talking about uh, how lockdown has just started and, Mm. you know, what the effect may be on the arts and what people need to do. And in the the conversation was also happening inside the groups, right? It was called the 21 Theatre Maker Gathering. Mm. And in that group, we, we just kept on looking at the world around us and we could see that you know the response from a lot of artists has been ah the president didn't mention us in his speech or ah the minister doesn't see us or you know this this and that you know and you know while all of the stuff is true um it wasn't very helpful in terms of dealing with the the angst that Mm. you know we were in and also it wasn't really as we've seen like i've seen a lot of posts now from people saying that they did apply for the relief uh package and their their things have been denied and i'm not saying that that's a precedent to say that anybody who uh who submitted will get denied i'm just saying that you know there is still the reality that this is not going to be the saving grace that you need um and i mean we come from uh, an ideology <laughs> let me not go there but we come from a space where we think of theater and art making as an independent venture where one needs to take the resources they have at their disposal and use them in order to start advancing whatever cause one may have mm. and i you know this definitely has a lot to do with the impact of spusiso quinana on my life mm. and i'm sure the lives of x and many other people who are in that group right now so in that moment we're thinking all right look um we can't we can't get out of the situation we need to do something that deals with our own anxieties so why not create an online theater making festival this is what we know how to do this is uh these are the skills that we have at our disposal we don't know what it's going to look like how it's going to pan out we don't know yeah guys the hair the growth is real hey look at that (laughs) we don't know what's going to happen in the long run but we can experiment you know because you know if this lockdown is gets longer and longer and longer and longer what's what's going to happen to to us you know are we going to keep sitting and waiting for government or are we going to start you know engaging these new ways of making so then from that point we decide all right We've got a bunch of writers in here. We've got a bunch of directors in here. We've got a bunch of actors in here. We've got producers in here. We've got all different types of uh, theater making ilk, you know, all the, the people who make up the industry. So why don't we do, you know, do an experiment where we see if 
we try this new thing, what will people, how will people respond to it? What would mm. people think of this thing? And, you know, we do, you know, we, directors give us concepts, the writers go off and they write, similar to the fashion of the 24 Hours in the City and the incubator program that Dinchitila Mashile did yesterday. That was amazing. Shout out to all of the performers, all of the mentors. That was just simply dope right so we 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 come together and we say all right so we're going to collaborate from our, our isolated spaces mm. um so people come up with concepts and then each writer just decides on the concept that they gravitate with and i gravitated towards a concept by renos and uh, from that point i write what became flat curves i was also having another uh, collaboration which had started a little bit earlier with teresa because she was thinking about different ways to um make also as a dancer right and then the pieces eventually come together and they come in you know and i mean the quality is different you know the people are using the phones that they have mm. the spaces that they have so locations are different costumes are different you know everything is just on uh, varied levels but we're able to create a page get people going to that page mm. uh, you know interested in what we're doing here because there are people who actually really love going to the theater those you know sometimes you say sometimes you'll only be performing for two or three people those two or three people actually love going to the theater so mm. they're looking for something that is going to take them you know somewhere back into that space or give them a semblance of something that is similar to that space so Sorry, car, car. We're outside, guys. Sorry about that. So, you know, we, we come together. We start letting our networks know. We create the page. And then we start posting. Hey, Teresa just came in. Welcome, welcome, Teresa. Um, so we we put the pieces together and then we, we roll them out. And then we wait <laughs> to see <laughs> what do people think. And I mean, it was like it was immediate. You know, it was something that I've never experienced before with a the theater production. Um, you're seeing what people think as the plays are going. And this gives us... Uh, this this gives us energy. This gives us a great uh, amount of energy because even with the, the limited resources we have, which is pretty similar to what happens with the independent theater making space, mm. uh, you know, you're working with what you have. You're using, you know, well, you're using alternatives, and yet people can still gravitate to this thing because they see some kind of value in it. Mm. So people do um, more theater makers enter the group. I mean, now I'm pretty sure the numbers inside that group are over a hundred theater makers are in there, um, and they're all from different places in the country, in the world, actually, mm. because you know you don't. Really Really know who's there a lot of people come in and then they leave which is okay too you know it's not going to be for everyone mm. um but yeah from that point then we get dancers saying we want to do a dancers festival and then teresa decides to curate that mm. that then comes together x is here i saw a heart from x x tell us what gave you the idea to you know make, make that call post. out yeah. um so you know the dancers come into come into the group we decide to make a separate uh group for dancers because there's just too many people in one group and you know how whatsapp groups can be uh people constantly sending code COVID messages, people are saying this and this and that. Um, so the the dancers work in isolation. Um, and I'll, I'm going to read Namtla's comment now. The dancers work in isolation. They create their own pieces and then they then contribute in their own ways. Oh, maybe let's read it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I love the hustle, you guys, as the different creatives have started. And it's amazing. I mean, these different genres are great. I'm worried about us technical side. Yeah. How do we engage with you guys in terms of this new creative space? Mm. That's a brilliant question. That was question. one of my questions. People who who do lighting, who mm. do sound, mm. who do mm. the technical things, mm. where do they fall mm. under all of this, mm. you know, mm. new sure. wave? Sure. So I think as part of our experience as the 
actors, writers, and directors, um, our approach has been to edit things ourselves, right? Mm. With what you have, you mm. know, you have the apps on your phone, you have which U-Cut. Is, which is a good thing. You're learning a new skill, a new right? Skill, but at but the same time, quality control. somebody else's job Sure, also, sure, sure. So quali- quality control comes into yeah. the question, right? So moving forward, we need to start thinking about how, you know, the collaboration extends out to people who are conversant in the lighting space, in the mm. sound space, because most of the videos had terrible lighting and terrible sound. Um, so how do we get you guys into that? So maybe you guys also need to join the group now. You know, when we say theater makers, the technician is integral to that process because mm. without you, we don't have space, we don't look good, we don't sound good, right? So please do join the space as uh, independent artists and theater makers as well. Namcha says we depend on the work that you guys create. Uh, how do we then partake in this series? This new way uh, of this new way of working is kind of killing us. Join the group, um, join the conversation. Um, and, you know, influence it in a way that will raise the quality to a certain stake, you know, mm. to a certain level. Because what you're saying is so true. If we can create a conversation that involves as many different kinds of makers as possible, we are then able to start capturing value in a way that will allow us to create video on demand and start charging for the products that we're making. Mm. Because where we were with the first online theater festival, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, people could donate to that kind of thing. But, you know, it's not at a place where I would say this, I want people to take out a certain amount of money for. So that kind of collaboration, if we can get you guys in on the scene, um, helping us out to create much better quality of of outputs that's going to be that's going to be really cool so please do join join the group i'll i'll post the link in the in the comments this is my mom guys say hello to my mom come this side Ma, come 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 let them see you this is my mom guys <laughs> say hello to my mom if you don't wave if you don't wave okay. this is my mother this is this is the life giver yo this is the life giver yeah i see that i see the likes there <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're still trying to figure it out. And I'm like, do join the group and please add your voice to it because there's no way we're going to move forward if we don't have you with us there making it happen. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you said something about, um, making money from this yeah. and I wanted to ask you a question. Sure. Um, there were some comments that you saw or received or that came out about how this is sort of detrimental to the cause of the artist not being you know taken advantage sure, of sure, and, you know sure. getting money over exposure that whole conversation some people feel that this is sort of Ex- it's it's exploiting the problem yeah yes. yeah so how how first of all can you explain how that made you feel how you internalize that and so then what okay. came out of it yeah. as a result sure so that was that was it was painful um because at when you're setting out, you know, this it starts as uh, a space where you're trying to figure out how you're st- going to start living in a new environment, right? Mm. And at that point, um, I understand that we're late to the party. This is something that me and Jeff kept harking on. You know, mm. theater makers, we are late to the party and there's no way to get around that. Um, so... It was to see to see that response, particularly from high level artists. It was it was sobering in that, you know, we are in that euphoria of people love this, people love this. But how are the artists paying for the data that they're using? Um, how am I paying for the data that I'm using in order to upload all of these programs? What is what how are we benefiting out of this? Mm. And I at my core, I, I agree with that. Totally. I agree with that completely. Um, But I felt like, you know, we're in a fluid space where 
where oh x did respond we missed your response in china ish we'll we'll check it again um so hey mom <laughs> hey mama mama but hello <laughs> um so yeah uh, at first you know you're feeling down but then it actually woke me up to the fact that we are actually living in an industry where we're trying to ensure that people are actually going to benefit from this mm. so that then started the con- the conversation that led to the uh, the advancements around video on demand so then we started doing a lot of research around where could we start taking the work so that people could actually start contributing to this craft you know mm. and cuz i i have a problem with the, with the idea of donations and that's just a personal thing mm. um and i need to get over those those barriers that keep me from being able to ask ask for money in things that require it to for the value to reach a certain kind of level so at first it hurt you know um to see that kind of response but then you sober up and you realize that this is coming from a place of someone who is seeing the potential for growth for mm. this and doesn't want the artist to continue to be on the the losing side of it while people are being entertained by the work we're putting out the artist himself is still hungry is still mm. not benefiting from it so mm. it's it's shifted the conversation in such a way that monetization is now at the very very top of the conversation that we're having and you know we're we're figuring it out i i'm pretty sure that pretty soon we're going to have a way of doing this that's going to derive benefit for all involved um if i can just read a, a comment from teresa on ig she says we we do need you namsha uh, how about they come join us and explore as we as we are i believe there's a way i mean we do need to be the tech we do need the technical crew as we are finding new skills of editing videos and all so namsha join the group join the conversation because your voice is your voice is essential you know we can't do this without you mm. yeah yeah So yeah, monetization is at the top of the thinking, the thinking chain. Um yeah, it hurts to get there, but being there um it benefits people in the long run and that's really what we're trying to do with this experiment. You know, it can't stay in the experimental phase forever. At at some point it needs to either be scrapped for not working or monetized in order for the value to raise people up in a way that, you know, they'll be happy to partake. Um let me just go and find X's X's comment. No, Mchana, your comment is not there, Mchana. Please just send it again. Um and we'll we'll come back to it. Well, we'll come back to it. Welcome guys, a theater maker named Zanzi. Gatlao Charlie being interviewed by Marcel Charlie. Charlie interviews the Charlie. So, um as a theater maker, what do you think your role can be in terms of fighting the fight against corona? Fighting the fight against corona. Because unfortunately, it it affects yeah. all of us no yeah. matter what industry you're in, what you do, how you do it. We are all affected by this. So, which means that everybody can play a role and has a role to play. Mm. So, as theater maker, as a theater maker, what do you think your role is in all of this? To stay at home, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> to stay respect safe, guys. to stay safe, to respect the the lockdown measures. Um my mom is nodding. So, theater makers <laughs> stay at home, first of all. Um and pray right we artists can pray and you know that's there's actually something there guys my mom is a praying woman that's the woman that raised us and made us look as beautiful as we are right um and that i think that's that's a point that maybe we don't consider enough you know what is happening in a spiritual sense um so different artists have responded to it differently some have chosen to sit back and watch you know i wish that i had that kind of ability to sit and just you know watch but uh mine was to deal with the anxiety otherwise i get paralyzed within it mm. um so once once we're all 
we've all done that, once we've all allayed our fears, I think our responsibility then becomes to to redream. So I've been reading this book, right? A way of being free. And this was not planned. I wanted to talk about this later. He's but taking my question. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you asked the question that leads me here, right? And if I can just jump to um the chapter also guys we want to know what y'all are reading you yeah know? So guys if you're please. reading some good things yeah let us know let us know let us know what are you reading um i actually sent copies of this or pictures of this to oh, yeah, bailey to masai to Google. some of it is on my status um so i think it's around page 40 uh yeah there we go so here we go. I'm just going to read a little bit, guys. Yes, Ben Okri, Mubsy. Oh my gosh, guys, Mubsy. I went to high school with Mubsy. She's amazing. Oh, she's amazing. She's from Botswana and she's just doing awesome things, guys. But I'm just going to let me read from Ben Okri. It's page 40. The human race is not yet free, right? And I think that this is pertinent to what we're going through right now. Um, Abra Marcus just made a point. We need to keep thinking about how we use this pause to join the digital world without sacrificing the work done by the theater practitioners and administrators. Absolutely, absolutely, Abra Marcus. The worst realities of our age are manufactured realities. It is therefore our task as creative participants in the universe to redream our world to redream our world, right? The fact of possessing imagination means that everything can be redreamed. Each reality can have its alternative possibilities. Human beings are blessed with the necessity of transformation. Writers are the dream mechanisms of the human race. Narrative affects us the way dreams affect us, right? The ways dreams affects us, affect us, excuse me. They share the same insubstantiality. They both have the hidden capacity to alter reality. Dreams may be freer because they are not composed of words, but when narrative fiction has entered us, it, is no, it no longer exists as words either. We can control our novels and narratives to some extent, but we cannot control the effect they might have on the world, and we cannot wholly control our dreams. Sometimes at night we dream blasphemous and scandalous things. We dream murders and transformations. We sometimes even dream ourselves into our deepest truths and our unlikely destinies. Now, let me pause there, right? Because I don't want to turn this into a copyright infringement moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is a moment for us to, to redream our world. And that's going to look different for, for different people, right? Mm. We, we, we each encounter the faculty of dreaming from our own experience. And for me, dreaming may be, you know, creating a new kind of world in the work that I'm making. For mm. someone else, dreaming may be being silent and, you know, looking. So those different responses, I think being true to them and listening to our intuition and allowing that to guide us and move forward. Not forgetting the point being made by Brahmarcus that we need to still be able to not sacrifice the work that we're doing as makers and practitioners and administrators. To pull them in yeah, so this, yeah. this is really a moment for us to redream the world, you know. Some may look at us and say we're non-essential, but this suggests that we have more power than we realize. And I think we need to tap into that to not sound cliche. Hmm. Yeah. So there was a, an interview that you did I think a couple of days ago. And one of the questions that was asked was um, what... What kind of um, jobs or positions or, you know, new kinds of doing things? I don't know. New ways of doing new things. New ways of doing things. Sure. What kind of 
roles do you think are going to emerge from this in terms of the theater space so what will this era bring in terms of new jobs and new roles and mm. new ways of applying mm. what you guys do mm. so i think not only in the theater space but in in the service industry where there is a requirement of people meeting i think there's going to be a merging of many roles um i think people are going to start multitasking in in new ways um because when i look at what happened with what we're doing with the online theater festival uh you can see hey Saul! oh my goodness guys Saul is here oh man that's so awesome we did best friends worst enemies by swoo quinana the first one he was in it that was dope um sorry what what, what question was i asked answering <laughs> Oh, yes, the new roles, the new roles that are going to emerge as a result of this isolated period. Yeah, so I think we're going to become multitaskers in a new way. Um, Actors were having to edit for the first time. Most of us didn't even have any editing apps on our phones, um, which is going to take the self-tape game to a different level um, because most of us hate doing self-tape auditions. Um, I think, you know, just having to create that kind of product for yourself, it can be, you know, when you can see that the quality is bad, you know, there's no way to hide it. In the theater space, you know, it's the space is open, you know, you can direct people's attention to different things. But when it's on a screen, you know, everything is contained to this this little thing, right? So you want to make sure that it looks good when you're when you're about to send it out to an agent to look for work. So I think that's going to force us to level up in a new kind of way. And I think um, once we are able to get better equipment, once we're able to find a space where the government makes data free, please, please government please guys please someone writes an open letter because yeah this is a national concern this is not just about the arts right sure. data needs to be made free and that's like that's not even like that's enough like yeah. i said it i said what i said and it is what it is um yeah so i think people are going to start you know upskilling in new ways and i don't i'm not sure if certain professions are going to fall away mm. i think they're going to have to redream themselves adapt. as well right they're going to have to adapt to the new kind of environment that we're in because um i think the world is not going to go back to what we what thought was normal mm. and to go back to jefferson's point when we're talking about the theater what is it what are we going back to right mm. <laughs> because in any case you had two three people on you know the second and third night after you had maybe 50 on your opening night and 20 on your closing night so your entire four-day run you played to 76 people right so what are we really going back to so i think it's forcing us to rethink and redream how we're going to be doing this oh facebook trying to reconnect there we go there we go all right yeah so yeah i think people are going to have to learn new ways of of making and being themselves within the world welcome bugzito welcome but eddie welcome guys to theater making mzanzi charlie interviews charlie that's good good. good. yeah but i think yeah uh merging of roles and people upskilling in in new ways yeah okay so what project are you currently working on that you have not yet discussed on this platform (laughs) that is exciting for you uh yo yo what projects am i working on that i haven't discussed but you see now if i speak about it you know it's okay Mm. well Mm. all right okay fine 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 now i have to do them um one day we were at the tx theater and um veta was there myself was there and kucho was there um and veta expressed how much he just wants to act 
right? And you know how when theater makers, whenever we come together, yeah, you know, we're breaking these gender stereotypes. Um, uh, and uh, he, he, Vecha says to me, you know, I'm also like, but he's like, no, for real, um, Kucho says, for real, director. So I'm like, okay, something. Part joking, part serious. These people didn't listen to the joking part. They listened only to the serious side. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I'm currently working on um, a work. I don't know what it is yet, um, but it's sort of been a collection of uh, scribbles, a collection of ideas, a collection of mini poems um, around different things um, pertaining particularly to family and fatherhood. And Vecha is going to be playing in it. So that's, and Kucha is going to be directing it if they're still keen. <laughs> and if I don't write crap. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Clear as fire. Welcome, my brother. And then I'm working on another piece that um, Masai hopefully is going to be directing me in. Um, so it's a solo piece that I've been thinking about for a while, um, and it has to do with my own experience of being a coconut slash cheese boy in the eyes of people and how that has affected my outlook on life and what that has done to me growing up. So it has to do with searching for what I think is my tongue, um, you know, so figuring and Masai is just blowing my mind with this because he's showing me things that angles that I wasn't seeing and, you know, cool metaphors are emerging out of this engagement. So those two works are things that I'm really excited about um, and they are allowing me to not focus on the noise about COVID-19 and all of that. It's really just creative endeavor and the chasing of questions. So I'm really, I'm really glad and excited about that. So personal question. Personal question? Why non pizza velap? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I want answers, fam. I want answers. I'm touched. I've been touched. Oh my goodness. Mm. Whoa. Tell Whoa. the people. Tell the people. I mean Tell the people. Tell the people. Um okay guys, so when we were younger <laughs> I can't believe she asked me this. When we were younger, I used to call my sister I don't know, you guys know the story sa Papa Somizi Velapi. Um Imagine. Imagine guys. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> my sister when she when she first arrived um uh all i could all i constantly uh kept thinking about uh was who is this and you know why are they taking my mother's attention away from me like Uvela like you know just out of the blue you know taking all of the attention you know taking my and now i can't even you know, I, you know, I can't, I can't be myself. This entire house was mine. And now comes this, this little specimen here. And I didn't know, you know, what to do of it all. At first I was, I don't remember this, but this is how people recall the, uh, I remember, I remember. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just, you know, me trying to figure out where you came from and what you were and what you were doing in my house, you know, at a time when I was king of the space, you know, <laughs> that's all, that's all it was about, you know, <laughs> guys, please don't call her that. She doesn't like it. <laughs> you shouldn't have asked that. You see, now you're, you're business partners. No, it's eh? fine. <laughs> Oh, snap. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Let's move on. Next question. Okay. So, uh, you are currently doing your PhD. Apparently. 
and uh, in the midst of what is happening, where is that? What are you? Where are you with that? How are you handling that? What is your position right now as a student? You know, because yeah. I feel like we should have spoken about these questions before because <clears throat> I feel like some questions. Guys, he said that we could do it off the cuff, ne? He said that I could just, you know, okay. do what I want. So, okay. Kopela Ling defending. All right, all right. I'm just asking the question. Okay, let me let me be diplomatic with, with the answer here. Um, look, uh, <laughs> just be... What <laughs> um, Oh, look, a car. Uh, just, before, just before the lockdown happened... Um, uh, I was starting to develop a much stronger relationship with my supervisor. Um, so a bit of background in terms of how I got to start my, my PhD. I was studying at TUT and then I started teaching there. I taught there for five years um, while concurrently doing my master's. And then I think around 2019, um, I started teaching playwriting at uh, the University of Pretoria, which I currently teach now. And my supervisor today, who's the HOD, um, presented the opportunity for uh, a, a scholarship-funded uh, PhD, a proposal uh, for me to apply for that. And uh, I started thinking around it, and the, the, the topic was public, intellectual, public intellectualism in times of wicked problems in the arts in South Africa. That's not what it was, but that's basically what it was. And first I had to figure out what public intellectualism was and, you know, am I interested in any of the stuff? And then I discover, you know, the people that I've been reading about, the people that I've been interested in, your Thomas Sankaras, your Steve Bikos, your Patrice Lumumbas, your Ben Okris, and all of these other people, they are public intellectuals and they have been doing this thing differently from how other public intellectuals have been doing it. So I'm drawn into, you know, this question of what does it look like in South Africa today? What does it look like in the past? And what might it look like in the future? So then I get a proposal together or a letter of intent together and I submit it. And they're like, yeah, totally come through. And I was like, what? <laughs> These people, okay, okay, let's do it. So then, you know, I start on the, the project and I actually get my, my proposal uh, to a place where um, I'm happy with it, you know, and, you know, I send it to my supervisor and the first thing he says, yeah, you know, it's okay, I see the ideas, but what's all this flowery language, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I need to learn how to write better, I need to learn how to do all of these things in a more efficient kind of way, um, and then I, I work, you know, and I read a lot and I watch a lot of videos, and it's around the time when I took the Facebook hiatus around December, and after that period I come out with a document that I feel much stronger <coughs> about, and my supervisor's like, yes, this is it. So, just before the lockdown happens, we had our last meeting where we were fleshing out the notes from that towards moving into the second chapter of the study. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm still working on those notes towards moving into the second chapter of my study. So, yeah, which is the literature review, which is a major, major part of, of the study. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're at. No more questions about the PhD, please. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I feel like you don't have a say in that, <laughs> all right, but okay. All right. Next question. Do you feel like you're a public intellectual? Um, Would you consider yourself with the definition that you have identified in your study? Um, guys, this is my dad. Dad, please come say hello to the people. <laughs> say hello. Come say hello, dad. This is my dad, guys. This is my dad. Ah! Hello, <laughs> hey, guys, this is my dad. Guys, you can see we look alike, ne? Tell us we look alike, guys. Tell us we look alike. Um, like yeah, we do. So I once answered the phone. My grandmother called. And I answered the phone. 
and she's like and lavak vola vola and i'm like kokwana it's me katleo she's like yo way now you sound like your father you know so that that was that was nice um so uh what, what was forgot i forgot the question yeah. this happens a lot guys i'm sorry yeah. this is why i don't get asked questions would you consider yourself would i consider myself a public until i mean i think i have the capacity to become one in a more sustained way i don't think the scope of my reach is big enough for me to say that i'm a public intellectual but i do think that the work that i do tends to be intellectual in nature and what that means is that it just deals with knowledge it deals with taking knowledge like os- the osmosis of knowledge right so taking knowledge from a particular concentration and bringing it to a uh, different concentration so what uh, theater makers do i consider to be a form of public intellectualism because a lot of research goes into the work that then comes and is put on stage right so you're taking knowledge from somewhere you're packaging it in a way that people can deal with it and then you're giving it out to a public so in that way theater makers are public intellectuals and then ipso facto yes then i do become a public intellectual but i do think the question of the public you know how big is the public that you're reaching is it just 20 30 people or are you reaching millions of people like the likes of your jordan petersons your Professor Cornell West's, you know, your, um, you know, your Susan, uh, what, what's her name? I forget, you know, then your Hannah Arendt and all of these people that we've been, we've been learning about in, in, in uh, history classes and in critical thinking classes. So I think we do have the capacity to do that, maybe not in the same ways as are, are naturally done by other public intellectuals, but still we do have a public intellectual capacity. And in, in fact, my study looks at three people uh, that I think are public intellectuals, and I can't name them right now because I don't have permission to talk about them but you know that will also allow me to look at how i can you know look at myself as one moving forward mm. yeah 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 okay and then earlier we were speaking about you know a getting accreditation or some kind of you know formal document mm-hmm. that says you you know mm-hmm. you're a director you're this you're that mm-hmm. you're, and basically you explained a concept to me about, you know, in the arts, I mean, it's, it's good to have that, but it, it doesn't really carry as much weight as it would in, a, in another industry. Yeah. Um, I, want, I want to challenge that a little bit okay. and say that, you know, um, you said that, you know, like what we agreed upon when we had the, the discussion was that, you know, uh, going to school and getting that formal education allows you to know how to apply your talent mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. it was a question versus having the talent and, you know, having the skill or the technical know-how, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So um, in this space, what would you say to people who are contemplating studying drama and who also just have sort of found themselves in that space without any formal, you know, education mm-hmm. or training mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Let me let me start by saying I I would never I would never discard my experience of yeah, being in an educational Sure, sure. Like, but nice. but I'm not under any illusions to think that the fact of my having a particular qualification will make me better at my acting or my writing mm. or my dramaturgy that is really one going into 
the the space that you want to go into and training and training can come in many different ways there are so many people within our our space that haven't been trained formally right who mm. haven't gone to you know what we call accredited institutions even though that prob- that's problematic because just you having a degree doesn't mean you're going to get hired right so in that instance the degree is essentially useless it's personal it's a personal um a personal journey that allows you to utilize the resources of the institution to make your craft better so i think the point that i was trying to make is that one cannot go to those spaces thinking that they will find they will be given talent there or the ability to act will be given to them there maybe other people have different perspectives but i think the reason why we have an audition is to figure out whether you have that thing you know that thing that cloudy likes to talk about because i think when one does not have that thing it's clear that you know this may not be the space that they need to be in i'm not saying that they could never step on stage and reach a level of proficiency that would you know blow people's minds away but i think you know a school isn't necessarily going to do that for you mm. if you don't already have that so you have to come with something in your cup right maybe it's 50% that you have and you you need to be topped up to all the way to 100 maybe it's 25 and you need to be topped up to 100 but essentially there has to be something inside the cup because working from an empty an empty place it's it's a lot right momo says here here it's it 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 can be you know it can be disheartening for people when they discover much later in life that perhaps i don't actually have this thing right so there's there's a space where you know talent comes in <laughs> you know I, I can't I, I teach playwriting but i can't tell people how to write i can give them tools that can allow them to see writing in different ways that can allow them to tap into different parts of themselves that can allow them to ask questions that could make the writing better but i can't teach you how to write how to act so i think that's the point i'm trying to make when mm. you if you want to go to school do it right but know what you're going there for don't mm. go there with the expectation that they're going to make you a famous they're going to make you good right <laughs> That they're going to to ensure that when you leave there you're going to be you know getting jobs getting all of the things that you want no no that's on you mm. you're starting from zero you're starting from scratch you know a letter of recommendation can't help you here because no casting director cares about that mm. you know they care about what you bring in the moment here now right and i don't want to devalue my time in that space i'm just trying to make the point that in the entertainment industry it's not the same as for example in law where you pass the bar right um just a car a car we're working here come on <laughs> when you when you pass the bar in law that speaks to you being uh, at a certain level of proficiency within the law and that you it's not it's not a given that you're going to get work but you stand you know <laughs> you're you're allowed to play in that space mm. there's no real bar and i'm speaking f- literally and metaphorically um there's no real bar that keeps people from you know deciding today that i want to go to an audition right um so you know i think it's valuable to to get training get training absolutely but you know don't think that school is going to be your salvation not in in the industry that we're in Nkolisi just answered our question um thank you so much x i'm just going to read it so that everybody can hear there it was all about staying sane mchana as frustrated as we were then we had two choices one was to complain and two was to do something and i chose two i knew that i was not alone 
who was frustrated and to find others i created a whatsapp group and gatlo said yes first and a hundred plus other theater makers joined us terry came in also in full force for dance and yeah we're figuring it out now so that's that's how it comes together that's the thing that led x to then create the group and now here we are tomorrow we've got an online poetry festival please follow the three slash and one half online theater and dance oh, festival uh, three and a half online theater festival right <laughs> there's a, there's a story behind that name please don't, don't ask it because we're going to be here for a whole day um but yeah on instagram it's uh the online theater festival um so momo says absolutely the idea of being a star is a falsely advertised dream when compared to the reality to what truly is faye says i really enjoy this interview in this format meaning i like seeing your relationship with your sister so natural and casual she also asks interesting questions so faye thinks i don't ask good questions and this is <laughs> and and she's right in some instances but i'm getting better this is why i'm doing this so that i can learn from the gurus now i mean uh Masai says also at school you meet like-minded people aside from the degree yes absolutely you also learn skills like dealing with people in your field and how to carry yourself and also the necessary vocabulary school presents you the flock the flock that is yours right so birds of a feather flock together mm. that's so that's dope that's point. so so dope um uh Faye says i must ask you questions so i'll do that i'll do that i'll do that Faye said that's not what i said i have the voice notes Faye. don't make me play for the people i'll play your voice notes x says we are late to the party in china but we are here and as late as we are we are adapting absolutely mm. on instagram td says there's no real bar stopping people from going to the audition that's tragic training is nb in any and all forms and that, i agree that's what i, I want to ask in terms of you know mm. a standard a quality yes. a, yeah. a something how how in in your space do you guys really regulate that because like you say anybody can walk into an audition and get it because they have that thing, thing right? that is so undefiable like yeah. you can't put it in a box and say this is that thing we need sure. type of thing sure. but then with that will come a lot of things that don't need a standard yeah. a quality yeah. a how do you create that a standard a quality a and maintain it so at at this point what's happened is that you know you have companies like the not companies but organizations like the PMA the public managers what personal managers association and that's like the agents that are in the game right mm. they've come together and they've created a list of rates that are now market standard but you know it's still find a finder because they don't have any kind of um legislative power to enforce that hmm. right so this comes back to a legislative conversation to Whoa. say what is happening to the white paper on arts and culture Whoa. it's a document that was put into review in uh, 96 there were beautiful suggestions and then a new minister comes in he decides we're going to put it into review again that thing is not sustainable without training things fall apart real quick tell them tidi tell them tell them um so uh if we can get to a point where we do have legislation that allows some kind of actionable consensus right mm. to say that this is what we agreeing it takes for someone to enter into this industry mm. then that's a different conversation but we're not there yet we don't have a white paper we don't have legislation the copyright amendment bill it's still sitting on the ta- the president's table and since we're non essential workers you know he's not going to look at it until you know he has time meaning he doesn't have time now and you know so we're, we're stuck with the short end of the well, stick well i mean he didn't have time before the lockdown so guys i'm not the president as much as i you know i, I don't want to be the president <laughs> but yeah i think that that is it's a question that comes with 
regular regularize regularizing regulating mm-hmm. the industry yeah, course, from an official level um so that we can have a, a single voice through which we can speak because now it's people doing what they want instagram we're about to be kicked out but i'm going to start another live video um in about 23 22 seconds i don't know why it does this but we'll be back on the instagram side yeah mm-hmm. so um oh guys this has been very interesting for me. I I am not like a like I said in the beginning. I'm not a theater maker practitioner, none of that. But through you, I've been exposed to this world, and I've, I've I think I've had the privilege of learning about things that the normal person wouldn't have learned about. You know. Mm-hmm. So, like what? How do you? Sorry. Well. Like how how nice theater is to actually watch. Like being in a theater and seeing someone perform live, and being like, "Wow, this person can do this live!" Like, like it's nothing. Like, oh, I'm just wearing my clothes because <laughs> sure, you know that's sure. what I do. Yeah. And like that takes for me, I think it takes like a certain level of courage and all of those things. Yeah. But how can you guys bring people like me? into your world because i think when you guys get into that world you're very stuck in it hey and you can hear it in the kinds of conversations that you have which i feel like a lot of them are are very insightful conversations but the thing is you're having them amongst yourselves you know people aren't aware you know of what's happening in that space and i feel like a lot of people can draw a lot from that because i don't do theater but when i go see a show when i talk to some of you guys when i you know when i'm in that space i feel like i always leave with something that you know that calms my soul that makes me feel good on a deeper level so how can you guys stop putting it here and you know get Mm. more people involved Mm. in Mm. that space because i think you have a lot more to offer than just to your own community but to the community at large Mm. and i hope the theater makers in the room are listening because, yeah, if I could press that hot button, I'd be pressing it right now. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, in our own ways, uh, we are elitist, which is to say that we, we are, we pitch out. I mean, all of, if you look at my friend list on Facebook, this is the point that Jefferson was making too. I mean, probably 80% of the people are theater makers too, mm. you know. So, which is not a bad thing. But not necessarily. But how do you extend that to people that aren't in the space? Sure. So... I think this moment is forcing us to do that um, because we're being forced to listen to people that are not necessarily within our own circles, Mm. right? And now we're actually having to make this about audience engagement. And what's different about that is that uh, for the longest time, you're making work for other theater makers to like. Right. You're, you're constantly trying to ensure that your work makes it into a particular conversation around theater making. And, oh, did you see this show? And when he did this and when he did that. So you want to be known by mm. those that know. Right. Mm. And I think that is that is what we've been guilty of. So it has forced us to keep on making work that is, you know, pleasing to the, the artist's critic 
the, the artist's critical eye, but when a normal passerby is looking at it, they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, what is this? Yeah. So this moment is now forcing us to open the engagement up to that way. But I think we're still not we're still not tapping into it in a way that really, really invites other people into the conversation. And I think yo, I don't know how to answer this question, guys. Can can you guys help me? Like Tusang, <laughs> yo, like wow. Um, and I see a comment from Momo here. Can I just read? it quickly um so momo says it's not regulated there's no process of checking whether people are qualified to act or not yes companies like the pma and saga have opened up some vital conversations within our industry uh things like rates for actors working conditions and fighting for the copyright fees of actors have improved but the problem is that we're not even recognized as a formal industry yet you can go to school for what we do but it's also not necessary it confuses me our industry is too accessible to people who can barely understand what the word stakes are when describing status Hmm. Mm. yeah absolutely Absolutely, absolutely. Guys, help me with that question, yo. <laughs> help me out with that question, yo. Please, 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 right? How do we bring people who are not within our world into the conversation so that, you know, we're, we're reaching people, you know, in, in a new kind of way? Um, yeah, I'm going to sleep on that. I'm really going to sleep on that. If anyone has anything to offer from that, please do leave a comment there. I think this also will there. help. The answer will help with attendance, mm, you know, because mm, mm. then you're not always just inviting the people within your circle. Sure. And now, you know what that does, essentially, is that you are constantly trying to sell your shows to your friends. Mm. And even if maybe they might hate your work, they can't say that because <laughs> then yeah, you'll stop being their friend. But, but then this is what we as artists are often guilty of. Mm. Like we expect our friends to also be our target market, right? Um, to the point that if someone doesn't like the work that I'm making, are you really my friend? Because you've never come to see my show. And who who are you guys, you know, when your other friends make t-shirts? But Get I like edgy. the t-shirt, right? <laughs> Like, I bought the t-shirt because I liked it, not because my friend made it. Maybe I I did it because my friend made it, but that's unsustainable, mm. right? Because if I'm doing things just um, to to appease a group of people that don't necessarily vibe with what I'm making, I'm going to run myself into the ground, mm. right? So I think you're absolutely right in that we need to direct our efforts to our audiences right and this comes to the question of thinking like business business makers yeah. and uh entrepreneurs right because the fundamental question of target market has been vacant we only think about that right at the end if we're completely completely honest mm. right we're only thinking target market once we've made the show once the we the posters are out and now we're just like yeah guys so yeah we are posting on facebook and but who are you making this show for are the people that you're making it for on your timeline or do you need to find new ways of reaching those people? And I think that the last part, we haven't been doing that very well. We really have not. We really have not. Mm-hmm. Food for thought, guys. Food mm. for thought. Mm. 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 But just know me, I'm here for it. Ne? She is. She really is. She really is, guys. She really is. Yeah. All right. Uh, maybe we've got about 10 minutes to go. A um, few more questions. you have any, any more questions for me? <sighs> I feel like... The questions that they need to they unravel into, you know, an essay, chat, <laughs> deep chat. Sure, and feel free to ask your own questions, guys. Please do join in the conversation as others have been doing. Thank you so much for your comments. As we say, this is the season finale of a theater making in Mzansi. and we're going to be back soon with an even better list. Not a, not a better list, but a, a list of as great quality of theater makers soon. So, uh, why did you why did you agree to to me interviewing you? 
Sure. Narcissism, probably. <laughs> Vanity. <laughs> Liking the sound of my own voice, probably. <laughs> um, but I was, I was interested to see what questions you might be interested in asking me mm-hmm. because we grew up together, right? Um, and you get to see parts of my journey <laughs> please calm down <laughs> you get to see parts of my journey that other people are not necessarily privy to mm. so to get it from your perspective as someone with a, a deep investment in the theater world maybe because of me because you're sympathetic to what i'm doing as your brother yeah. um but you you have a lot of insight that other people might not necessarily have you know you see the moments when i'm completely down and completely out you see the moments when i'm feeling like i'm on a high you see the moments when i'm you know nonchalant where i don't feel like making where i'm just mm, feeling myself whenever i'm just like i'm not doing enough i'm tired i'm not you know so you see all of this and i I'm, i was interested in your perspective around um what what you think might be interesting questions to ask a theater maker yes mm. me but necessarily but more specifically someone who has been making theater um in the ways that that i have so mm. it is really to hear your thoughts on what i what i've been doing over the past 10 years or so mm-hmm. guys people are busy taking walks out here <laughs> yeah all right so but like were you not scared that i would be biased as your sister <sighs> I mean, you are generally pretty honest uh, with me in that, you know, you want the best for me. And that has ensured that you are not, you don't coddle um, my my ego so that I feel like I'm great when I'm not, you know. You're able to look at something and take an, an objective stance. I think you have a, um, sorry about that. I think you have a, a perspective that you are within the thing which should it, you are subjective, obviously, because you're my sister, uh-huh. right? So you're not going to tell people he's crap or whatever it might be. But you are able and you do come to me and say, yeah, you know, that was cool. But, you know, I feel like it wasn't as cool as or I feel like you didn't really address this or that. Um, so you you hold no punches. So I think I'm comfortable with opening up to you in those ways because, you know, you're my G. Wait. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's interesting because you know when you when I first said this, you were like, "Yeah, I actually don't like being interviewed." Yeah, I don't. I don't like answering questions. Um, you have a whole podcast where you ask people questions. Who do you think you are? Yeah, but that is understanding which side of the mic I like to be on. I like okay, to I be on this that. side. As a okay. I actually get that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I have a question for uh, you. <laughs> I have a question for you. Right. So you have a company, right? Um, where it's the the five of you guys called Mizos Media. Guys, check it out. The page is on Instagram and on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mizos Media. Right. And they they're a group of five uh, photographers and videographers who have come together to collaborate in ways that people haven't been collaborating before Um, and aside from the collaborative hustle each has their own side hustle that allows them to get their own kind of work done and they support each other even in these ventures so one has a clothing brand another one has she has her own photography company that she's doing work through Um, so in in that right you 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 started taking um 
pictures of theater works and you i believe you started seeing potential for you to grow within that space yeah right so what is it that draws you to the theater particularly as a photographer what is it that makes you interested in in that space um okay well first of all i'm always just shocked at what people can do once they get on stage for me like it, it's always just like yo like do these people know what they like has anybody seen this for me i'm always just like this is crazy like somebody should be seeing this type of thing so whenever i'm in that space i i feel like it's a disservice that not enough people are seeing it you know but also it's tricky because the experience of going to the theater and then watching a piece on a screen it's two different things you know but at the same time i think because of the the times that we are moving into, everything is becoming digitalized. And also I feel like your industry doesn't have a lot of archives in terms of, you know, points of references. Students can't really go up and look for visual things to support the theory that they're studying or things like that. So when I was in those spaces, I we often have conversations about this, so I would think about those kinds of things. So it just made sense to put the two together when it comes to that, you know, theater and photography you know so i don't know i feel like what i what i experience in that moment watching somebody perform live and just laying it out there and doing such an incredible job at it also i don't know like i said it does something to the soul you know and it, that can't you can't get that like you can't get that from watching tv you know and so from that perspective i wanted to like see if I can find a way to, you know, record it so that at least somebody who's not in that moment can still see it. Mm. They might not be able to experience it fully, mm. but they can still draw something from it. Mm. And I I think there's a there's a space there that photographers can fill in terms of creating archives and capturing what you guys do in the theater space. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the show. It can be behind the scenes, you mm. know, it can be just pictures, mm. short, short clips, mm. you know, mm. interviews, mm. whatever the case may be. Like what what happened with um, Return of the Ancestors, how it was documented was beautiful, mm. you know, like mm. just beautiful. Mm. And it's not, it wasn't just the show, you know, you guys took us behind, you guys took us to your interviews on radio, you know, that adds something. When you, after hearing that interview, when you go watch that show, it's going to elevate that experience, you know. So I feel like that's where photographers can contribute in, in that in that instance. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. I think that even speaks to... Sorry, guys, the conversation always goes on without us. Masai says, the question is, as artists, what are our, what are our responsibilities and our roles in society? Just like doctors heal and the police enforce the law, yeah. if we answer that question, we can sell our work easily. And that goes right back to what she's saying, right? We, we bring something into the world that television can't, not, cannot, that a screen cannot, right? So I think we shouldn't lose that. We shouldn't lose that quality. Momo says your sister did an amazing job. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, guys. Um, as, ach, sister coming through with the vital marketing. 
Hashtag return of the ancestors. <laughs> tell them, tell them, guys, choose your siblings wisely. <laughs> Teresa says, uh, this is the same question I've been asking myself on how I can extend myself into engaging people not in my industry. We'll also send a VN. Typing is a mission. Thanks, myself, for raising that question. Um, X asked a pertinent question. What is yes. your take on self-taught artists who have been growing and been creating and building? Should they stop what they're doing and go to school? Absolutely not, no, guys, man. I didn't study Keep photography. On. I you know did what I'm not saying? study photography. Word. Keep you know? on. Keep that on. was self-taught so sure. my question wasn't to like uh, like nullify people that have gone to school for sure. the craft sure. it's just you know I feel like school can add a certain level of standard mm. or mm. you know something mm. that a bar mm. to you know mm. channel things sure. correctly in terms of quality and mm. standard and all of those things but like guys nah I'm not a school person like like I'm not this guy going on PhD <laughs> situations. Like I don't play that game. If I can learn it on YouTube, I'm done. Sure, sure. And you that know? that's that's what I think is important, right? Whether or not you go into a classroom or not, are you doing that? Are you still chasing this thing? Are you still improving yourself at the craft that you're doing? So it is not to say that you know if you it's it's not to say if if you if you didn't go through the halls of TUT or UP or the market lab or whatever that you're not valid. No, not at all, not at all. Improve your craft in the ways that you can, in the ways that you know how, right? But don't just sit back and say, ah, nagena le talent, then nagena nung papa, wana henga fita mole, kabashapela kar papa, kar vava, kar tsa, tsa ba, tsa bailunta. Then you know, man, maybe you'll be lucky to play that character for the rest of your life. But if you really want to widen your bank, then I think you know you do need to keep keep on. Uh, chasing mastery to go to poetotype as Bo Jeff and Bo Billy are in here, you know, the mastery of craft, right? Because that's what we are. We are craftspeople. Um, I like to think about Katakali, Katakali dance drama in India. And the point of the dance there is to become one with the universe, right? So to align yourself with the cosmos. And that only comes through constantly refining the muscles within the body so that they can bend to your will. And I think that that's what we need to do. We need mm. to work on our voices, work on our bodies and get ourselves to the point where our bodies can do what we wish and what, what our intuition tells us to do, you know, without being a barrier for us. Um, Namtla says, I have a problem that... Uh, sorry, I have a problem that do want to support us but aren't willing to pay for it. People who do want to support us but aren't willing to pay for it. I mean, we create shows for the love of it, yes, but it costs money for the show to be showcased mm. in theaters and people always people are always asking for comps. Uh, it's annoying, but mm. people will have money to go and see Beyonce, but we have excuses to come and watch. Return of the Ancestors paying for the ticket instead of going, getting a comp. I think that's something as people around the other theater practitioners should stop. Friends or not, stop asking for comps. Boom! That's simple. That's it. But as theater makers, capture the value of your work and sell it to your audience. Stop mm. trying to sell Find tickets to your, your friends. Audience, Find yes. your audience. There are people who are willing to take out their hard-earned money to give it to you for what you're making. You have to go out there and find them. Gabo says, we as theater makers uh, need to incorporate people with business and marketing skills or to help to help us with strategies to reach the masses. Other industries put a lot of effort where marketing into marketing, whereas we just 
we just sorry i just want to see more of your comment oh man it's not loading right there gabo it's not loading the rest of your comment um we just rely on our network absolutely true this was an amazing interview please do it again very informative it's because we see we sell beyonce more than we do our own artists people will buy anything if you sell it capture the value guys beyonce knows how to capture her value she has a whole beehive when she knows she drops an album there are a bunch of people who are already sharing it who have bought it immediately that's because she understood the value of her work mm. and she pitched it to the right people mm. you can't be worrying about your friends who are saying but you're not doing it like john Kanye. i don't care i don't need to do it like with all respect to 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 mr john Kanye. i need to find my people find your people uh there's a, a guy called maybe we can wrap up our conversation there's a guy called seth golden um mm. i really uh suggest his 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 podcast is called akimbo um and it's on it's on uh, what do you call this? It's on Spotify as well. Um, and if you go to to a Kimbo, your phone lighting is so good. Yeah, you know, and you're the photographer. Oh, there we go. Oh, <laughs> oh snap! You guys were dark for a second there. Sorry, it was the screen, the screen uh, lightness. Um, and he speaks about finding your smallest viable audience, right? So he says when you make something oh, um yeah. oh facebook come on come back yeah he says when you make something you need to find your smallest viable audience and that is a thousand people who will keep coming back for your work if you can reach that thousand people they will then do the work of getting the work out there because they've already seen the value and they're willing to pay and invest in the thing that you're making so this is like a lesson for anyone who's bringing a but product into the market how they get to that so so all right so the the what i'm trying to do and and i'm trying it as well with the podcast for example right so there's different concepts like freemium where you're creating free content so that you can see what people latch onto and then develop that thing for those people right and it can start as simple as making it so that 10 people are constantly coming back to it i have a stable audience of 24 constantly coming back to listen to the podcast and i'm trying to get that up to a thousand but first i need to reach 30 and then i i need to reach 40 so focusing on that 10 getting to the next 10 getting to the next 10 if i can build that audience they will do the work of getting the word out there right so it's about finding people within maybe even within your circle in order to go outside of your circle but you need to create the network and you need to invest time in figuring out who wants what i'm making and let me make this thing for them not for people who are within my circles not for people who are going to make me you know appease my my senses as as a maker or as an artist or as a business person right this will be on the podcast Sadie. so yes this is going to be uploaded soon <laughs> so yeah um find your smallest viable audience and they will sustain you if you can get to a thousand people who are constantly looking for what you're making who have who understand the value and they're constantly willing to invest in what you're making then you will get to the people who will make sure that you become the global sensation that you need to be yes. but you need to start small get to 10 then get to 20 then 100 then 150 then 250 then get to a thousand and from there i think you will have a base but you need to be consistent also right all of these things don't go out of the, out of the question the, the ethics of being consistent in business remain oh. but you need to find your people so find 10 and they they find 10 if 10 find 10 and 10 find 10 if, if each of those people find 10 people you have 100 people if each of those 100 people find 10 people you have a thousand people right so it is possible focus on getting your smallest viable audience yeah mm. yeah guys do you have any questions do you have any questions before we wrap up our, our interview for today i think 
Please give Maso a round of applause. Give her the hearts. I want to see those 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 hearts. Yeah, no, ah, they must give us the hearts. <laughs> yeah, you see, uh, uh, that's a like. I don't want this. I want hearts, guys. I want hearts, guys. <laughs> uh, Faye earlier said, yeah, the color coordination. Yep, yep, yep. That wasn't even planned. That wasn't it's planned, guys. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. The hearts, the hearts. A quick question. The online student fest posted a snap scan link to make donations at the end of every link uh with which, which i think was great does the three and a half online fest have donation structures in place we are bringing them into fruition oh my goodness facebook the battery's dead we're going out i love you guys so much oh, come to instagram come to insta come to insta we're ending off the the conversation on insta so renee yes we are thinking about that um we want to move on to video on demand platforms and link those with our facebook so we're thinking about different ways of getting investment on onto the vehicle so we're definitely on that on that tip yeah absolutely um i don't think we have any more questions from the people um this has been so amazing and i think you're done eh? yeah is is that the last one one. oh snap maybe as a final point uh as we head out marcel really helped me to become uh, a lot more um a lot more efficient with my time um you know as artists we tend to keep odd hours right because inspiration tends to come when you least expect it right but you need to have a routine in place that ensures that you can tap into that whenever you you need to and that's about you know constantly being able to sit and put yourself in the space where you can do the work that needs to be done and i wasn't doing that well you know my days were just happening as they were happening and it was like life was happening to me and she sat with me and she said okay what are the things that you absolutely have to get done on a daily basis right and you know on a monthly basis on a week so short you know smart planning right uh so taking it from a goal perspective so she says let's look at it like this right from monday to friday what do you what do you have to do every single day and i'm like okay so i have to aside from bathing and all of that stuff <laughs> um please but bath, <laughs> please bath guys um so at the time i was teaching i was teaching six subjects i was teaching every day at tut at that time that was a crazy time for me um so she says what are you teaching on different days so she jots it down i tell her monday from this time to this time i'm doing this tuesday da 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 and then she says okay and then in your freelance work i think at this time i'm doing best friends worst enemies or i'm doing she bellows or i'm doing some other show and she says okay so this is what you're doing and we list out all of the things that i need to do and she creates this, these lists for me right because i work well with things when i've written them down and crossed them out you know i had to figure this out um, um, so then every day I'm taking a piece of paper from her that has a list of all the things that I need to do with a verse from the Bible right at the end because that encouragement really goes a long way. Um, and slowly I'm becoming more and more efficient. Uh, I'm getting more done. I'm, I'm getting to a point where I've done the things that I need to do and I can just sit and relax. But because I, I'm so used to this being in this mode of production, I'm thinking, what's the next thing that I do? And I would always go to her and feel like, you know, say, I feel like I'm not doing enough. And she's like, dude, look at the list of the things that you've achieved in this week that really gave me perspective and i'm grateful to her for that forever because that then allowed me to once we were no longer doing that like for example when a production comes or when your work environment changes you know it can affect how you're doing the work that you're doing and it affects the routine as well um but i was able to adapt and that's simply because we had developed that language of um figuring out how to be efficient in a way that works for me so sister i need to learn how to do all of what he just said for myself <laughs> sister i'm grateful 
Do you know that Maseko is your manager? Yes, ma'am. Who said that? I agree TD. with you. Yes, TD. TD. Yes. Yeah. Please tell him again, TD. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think on that note, there's nothing else. Give that girl her paper a beg. Uh, I pay. <laughs> I pay. Really I do. I do. Can't I do. Fight that one. Hey, I listen. Listen. <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm not trying to exploit. Deep. I'm not trying to exploit nobody. I'm not trying to exploit nobody. I want to get to a point. Guys, I need a team. Right? That's yeah, my final plea. Guys, <laughs> I need a <laughs> team. <laughs> I have ideas and I, I, I have, you know, things that are great. And I just need a team around me that's just going to help me to bring them to life. Um, but yeah, if you are interested on being in my team, come through. We also need someone who's going to... So it's collaborative. That's not to say I have money for you. We are going to fetch the bag together. So if you're interested in fetching the bag and hearing some of my ideas, hit me up in the DMs and let's see what we can make happen. But from a theater maker in Mzansi, from... A photographer in Mzansi. Please send all communications to her. If you want to talk to me, guys, my schedule is full, right? So please talk to... Uh, <laughs> right, guys, you know, I can't. You know, I've... You know, I've, I'm the I'm the talent. You know, I need to rest. I need okay, to be... Okay, I need, okay, she, guys, she's okay, the talent okay, too, okay, but... Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but guys, yeah, please, please do link up. Can't wait for season two and Return of the Ancestors. Well done, Charlie. Thank you so much, Renee. Thank you to everybody that has made the season work. Three of you I see. Jefferson, I see you. Billy, I see you. Mkolisi, I see you. Thank you for being the first guest for Theatre Making Mzanzi. Kucho Green, I see you. More people are going to be interviewed here. Your momos are going to be interviewed here. Your vices, I'm not even asking. I'm telling you, your waronas, all of them. I'm coming for each and every one of you. Um, we're just going to figure it out. Once I've got my team together, we'll be there. We'll be there like a bear, but... <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. The hair is done. Let me just show you the amazing work of Maseho, Charlie, fetch the bag together. Chesa, chesa, chesa. You can now call me Katleho. Scroop, Charlie. <laughs> All right, that's it for the corny jokes. Thank you so much for tuning in, good people. We All love right. you. Mwah, 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 mwah. Stay safe and wash clean. your hands and bath. Kopali tapping man. Jeff, uh, let me just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. I'll see you on the flip side. Episodes will be up soonest. Peace.